Hey there, you're listening to the Kicking and Screaming podcast once again, where we bring home the double feature to your couch. I'm one of your hosts, Vanessa Gritton. And I'm your other host, Elijah Taylor. And joining us this week, another guest. I adore her. You may know her from the Teen Creeps podcast, the Exile podcast, which I highly recommend you listen to, Super Punch on TBS, or my co-host on LRA Nation, Kelly Nugent. Woo, Hi. Kelly. Thank you so much for being here. This Thank is so much kind of me. made for you. I know, I know. I was I was really excited because like I have been wanting to explore more um kung fu stuff, so like it was really perfect. Yeah. You guys gave a wreck. Thank you. Like um also one thing I want to throw in because I see Elijah twitching that I absolutely uh is my fault that I did in episode 1. Uh we're doing horror and martial arts because I said kung fu for the first two episodes despite Elijah not correcting me. Oh, it's, it's should true. I say it's martial all... arts movie? No, you're good because this we did do is, a kung fu. This, this one, one they say kung, kung fu, fu like yeah. 77 no. times. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. one they yeah. say kung fu. Um but we just did one that was like samurai. It's oh. <laughs> like I'm opening ourselves up to well actually all because I did not listen to Elijah. <laughs> no, it's it's my fault too. I colloquially referred to all martial arts as kung fu, even yeah. though I myself uh, fought professionally in a discipline that was decidedly not kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's uh. all kung fu. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this this podcast, uh, we actually when we had the original idea, uh, the the starting point for it was what would be a podcast that Kelly would enjoy being a guest on and then yeah. worked backwards from there. So that was mm-hmm. where yeah. it came from. So it was, it was talking about cat That's figurines nice. and then horror stuff. Uh, and then the most kissable medieval literature. And then we oh landed my here. God, y'all. <laughs> That's made for you. Yeah. Uh, so one thing we like to do is if you could just let us know what your feature presentation is by announcing what your feature presentation is, because we're going to put in the sound that everybody knows as the feature presentation music. Mortuary. <laughs> I'm going to leave the long pause in it and the little breath. Because it makes it so much more perfect. Well, because you 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 asked me, and then my brain was like, Bleh. and I was like, I do not know. <laughs> I assumed I assumed that the silence was left there for the music to play, but I yeah. like it more if the music plays and then there's still the silence. Yeah, yeah. and then the and people are noise. like, wait, did I disconnect? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> no, I love the movie that you picked. I had never heard of it before, um, and. For those of you listening at home, you can watch it on Shutter. This is one that Elijah hadn't seen either. And like from the first opening from Go, it was just a lot of choices. <laughs> it's a lot of capital C choices on behalf of literally everybody involved in the production. I, sure. It was a deceptively hard one to like find a pairing for Mm. uh because there's a lot of horror movies where like there is like some common theme or something right (laughs) is the thing that you can pair it with sure and mortuary was so fun but also it is absolutely every man for themselves everyone is doing their own thing everyone's doing their own thing also like including like the first half of the movie is doing its own thing from the second half of the movie like they're (laughs) There truly is, like, you think the movie's about one thing, and then it's, like, not at all relevant. I, I love the kind of, like, supernatural mislead, because it's mm-hmm. very much like, oh, there's a cult, and the cult is doing weird, like, witchy stuff. They're maybe summoning this thing. And, like, no. They're just yep. maybe a support group. I don't know. It's not really expanded on. 
Yeah, I I liked that they were like, no, yeah, there are witches, but like, they're just irrelevant. Yeah, no, they're Which... just talking to their dead husbands or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, why did you pick Mortuary out of like all of the horror movies that you could have picked? Because I know you dig horror. Um, well, I had I am recent to seeing this for the first time myself. Mm-hmm. Like I uh, had not seen this prior to like. Uh, maybe like two weeks ago mm-hmm. um, I had seen this and I saw Mausoleum for the first time which another is one another scene uh, yeah so I, I didn't and I don't know why I think I was just like oh they sound similar so I'll watch them so I, I watched them for the first time a couple weeks ago just because I was like scrolling through Shutter, and there are two things one is baby Bill Paxton which I think baby is Bill like Paxton. Yes. 100 yes. out of 100 Absolutely. performance no, I the the thirst that I point at a young Bill Paxton is, is <laughs> fucking unparalleled. When it started and I like learned that young Bill Paxton was in it, I was immediately like, "Oh my god." And like turned to Vanessa like, "Young Bill Paxton's a fucking animal." I'm like, "Yes." Like, yes. dark Bill Paxton is ugh. And yeah, yes. just another gleefully unhinged performance from young Bill Paxton that I just uh it's everything. Absolutely unhinged. I yeah. I I did really love um, his choices. Also, just like, okay, we all have our feelings about just like baseline Young Bill Paxton. Yes. Yeah. However, there was a moment that I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And it's when I need to send you guys, because I took a picture. I'm going to send it to Vanessa since you guys are sitting together. Hold on, hold on. I want us to both. Guess. Okay. 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 Is you guys guess. Keep my, in your hearts yeah. what it what it is. Um, okay. 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 Vanessa, here we go. Do do do. Yes. Because I I I paused the movie at that point and I was like, of course, I think he's like way hotter now that I know he's a killer. Like I was like, <laughs> but he he just like he seems organized. Like, he is very unhinged, but he also yeah. is like he knows what he wants. He's gonna get it. He seems like pretty proficient at what he wants to do, which is like to kill people and embalm them. Yeah. Um. And he like gets away with it for a while. He's a pretty successful serial killer, honestly. A long time, like until like for what seems luck, like he gets caught yeah, with Christy. Yeah. Okay, okay, I sent it to you guys. Oh it's, my god, I'm looking. Hold right on, now. hold on. Do we before before you? Okay, open g- it, guess okay, what you think um, it is. I'm gonna say it's the moment when he's uh, preparing to embalm Christy, and there's this shot where he's kind of looking down at the camera. And he's just so fucking intense and like maybe even does like a little like lip bite, but he's like getting her ready for the embalming and he just has this really intense, like he's horny, but also murderous face. Cause that, okay. that was a moment that got me like, Oh shit. That moment is, is like pretty top notch. I also want to second the moment where like, he's like stroking her neck and like, you can see that his forearms are like very strong and yes. hairy. I was like, Oh, oh my God. We both commented on those hairy forearms because holy like, shit. I did not know that like so much tea was happening like right on the forearms. <laughs> no, but the image I sent you is perhaps like kind of showing okay. that I'm a little unhinged. No, actually, Elijah didn't guess it, but Kelly, I did because I also thought the same thing. And it's the combination of like the three things that I find really sexy in an unhinged maniac. Um, and that is a strong jawline, yes. strong forearm, and uh, a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Something about oh, a turtleneck on a crazy God. dude, right? Yeah. Where he's just got the trocar over mm-hmm. the door, which like, shout out to the movie at the beginning telling you what it's called. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, having, and having the fucking clown douchebag friend go, hey, what's that troll car doing here? The friend that, like, <laughs> goodbye. The second I, I saw that man on screen, I was like, you are doomed, sir. You are not going to continue to be in this movie. It's like obvious that he is going to die but i was so disappointed because i could not get enough of that character there was something about his delivery of every single line that was so much bigger than anything he was saying like merited yes. he walks into an empty room at one point and just goes what the hell's going on in here and it's There's- just a room <laughs> yes Yes. Also, the moment where he, like, decides to be playful with the tires that he finds and, like, is, like, pushing them. He's like, hey, where'd you guys go? And he's, like, pushing them around. I was like, this guy's fun. He's, he's like, in a Three Stooges movie. He's, yes. He's playing Shemp to everyone else's, like, slasher character. Yes. We yes. spent and a I long think- time trying to pause on his shirt and see what the hell it said. <laughs> uh, it... For the record, it says, I'm just visiting this planet, which is the best, like, corny 80s dude t-shirt. 10 out of 10. Yeah. I'm just visiting this planet. Mm -hmm. Dude, like, I I love also that just, like, everyone's, like, everyone's different choices are either, like, a Bill Paxton type choice, right? Or that man that dies at the beginning of the movie type choice, which is, like, I'm just going to go big and like, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Or like, (laughs) there's a scene, which you can tell, and it's the two main characters, which the guy is like the dud, the blonde guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that Elijah described as having schmeat and cake, but no personality. Yes. (laughs) He's wearing those tight 80s jeans and you can fully see that he's, he's packing. He's packing. Um, And. Uh, Christy so th- when they like there's there's a scene when they're like in her house and the power keeps going out and <laughs> <laughs> and it, ke- it keeps going out and then it turns back on and there's this just this scene where you can tell that both of the actors were not feeling this scene and the director was like just try it like this and that they were like okay and then that was what we saw and it's where the power comes back on and they jump and He's like, look at us, a, bu- a couple of scaredy cats, it's like the boogeyman's coming to get us. And she's like, speaking of boogeyman, let's boogie. And then they start <laughs> dancing. <laughs> after a murderer it has been after them. This whole movie, people are going missing. The lights are doing something scary. They think maybe there's a ghost. She's sleepwalking. And she's like, let's boogie. And then they awkward, the poor actors like awkwardly dance. Just like a lot of shoulder <laughs> and a so lot of arm. <laughs> It's such a weird little, like, Scooby-Doo style mm-hmm. dance of, like, mm-hmm. when you had, like, two seconds of animation that just kind of loop, you know? Yes, yes, yes. That scene was so bizarre because there's a, like, within that scene, a moment where we wish we can, like, cut it out and turn it into a video where the lights kept coming on and off. Yes. And a lot of people, like, say flippant, traumatic things and then move on in this mm-hmm. movie. And she's like, I've just been so jumpy since my dad died and then grooving music starts yeah. playing. <laughs> She's like, speaking of boogie, let's boogie. And you're like, wait, let's rewind, Christy, because I think you're not doing well. Christy, you're not processing grief in a healthy manner. There there are so many moments where something horrifying happens or is revealed, and then it's dismissed with such flippancy. Like, the, the reveal that Paul is the killer, I feel like, I, I thought it was a mislead, because her mom is like, yeah, you know, that that kid's psychotic. He was obsessed with you. And she's like, really? And she's like, yeah. Anyways, I'm heading to bed. 
And the, and that's yes. it. And then Paul breaks into the house half an hour later to murder them both. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you something about my um brain because when he his costume tricked me because when he jumped in I did not know it was Paul I was like a scary guy I was like who is that I like didn't know that it was Paul until well after it had been revealed until he removed his makeup I was like oh that was Paul Paul. no I was like still waiting to find out that like oh it was Greg the whole time or something yeah I thought it was Greg the mom is like yeah Paul's crazy yeah and then it's Paul yeah that's it I felt like the mom was both deeply self-aware and also, like, had a death wish. So she was like, it's Paul. It's the wind. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Almost like a weird goodbye. Yeah. yeah. She's like, live each day to its fullest. You never know when it could be over. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) She also, like, the mom was very funny to me because she's like, she's like, um, what, like, uh, Christy's like, dad was not did not die accidentally he was murdered and she's like why do you think that because you have waking nightmares in which you walk around the house and end up in the pool you're always having a crazy imagination and then christy's like yeah and i'm like okay but like you hear you heard what you said right like your daughter's like so upset about the death of her father that she's like walking in her sleep into a pool like this is and she's like you need to put it away of your mind and like oh god like instead of like working with her daughter and being like let's talk let's talk about this you're you're clearly grieving you're clearly like you know losing a little bit you need to unpack some of this she's like i'm just gonna go have a seance and talk to my dead husband about right it. like yes! she clearly joins some weird seance death cult and is yes. just like oh you really need to find a better way of processing this <laughs> yes she's like she she ha- she's so because she's unfortunately is a selfish mom and yeah. she's you know she's just trying to process her own grief be it in that she joins a seance death cult and then ignores her daughter's like very obvious like cries for help. Yeah, which like I, I guess, you know, this was like before uh, we knew about therapy. This yeah. Was, this was a different time, but it's still like so dismissive. Of I the... mean, Paul's seeing a therapist. That's oh, true. that's right. They her father. Her dad was a therapist. Her dad was a therapist, but it didn't work. Yeah, that's why he killed him with a bat. Because Paul in the eighties, because in the eighties, therapy was stupid. <laughs> so they were like, they it were, was like yeah. you're being crazy, and your parents would like to formally ask you to stop. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then that's three hundred dollars an hour. That, yeah. yeah. But yeah. no, the the number of times something like obviously terrible is happening. And characters dismiss it as the wind. Or like, yes. there's there's a moment where, uh, I, I forget what it was, like, immediately preceding it, but, like, it's very clear that she is being pursued by a killer, and the boyfriend, Greg, I think, is his name? Greg or Gary? Yeah, or, it was Greg, I because I thought Craig and you thought Gary, and we uh, realized we just put them together, and uh, it was Greg. Yeah, Greg. Yeah. yeah, Greg is like, I'm gonna stay with you until your mom gets home. Because a dude is trying to murder you. And she's like, I'm fine. I can oh, stay yeah. alone. It's fine. You don't have to keep an eye on me. I'm a grown up. It's like a guy's trying to stab you. Yeah. yeah. Or when she's like, um, she's like, a guy was following me home, mom. And her mom's like, did you see his face? And she's like, no, but he was driving like a Volkswagen. And she's like. If you didn't see his face, then he's not following you. And I was like, I don't know if that logic tracks, Mom. Like, <laughs> really he could still be following her. 
I uh, it followed like a lot of the B movie things about her horror movies that I love where they're like a little bit more schlocky where everyone's like Mm -hmm. legitimately at least kind of trying no one's checked out but they're not on the same page and like I love specifically everyone's reactions to the Paul character because the whole deal with him is just like I guess his mom died and he's been a little eccentric and he's like the son of an embalmer so he hangs out with dead bodies so everyone's like weird to him um but like at one point, they're at the cemetery. Christy's visiting the grave of her dad. Oh and then Paul shows up and hands her a single rose from his dead mother's bouquet and runs off skipping. And maybe the most mm-hmm. insane skipping I've ever seen. Like, Bill Paxton is skipping from his head to his toes. Yeah, like, that little head bob. I yeah. love that little head bob so much. And then they go, he's been weird since his mom killed himself anyways. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> And then they move on. They're just like, hmm. Anyways, let's go to the skating rink, which, by the way, I think MVP award goes to the boy best friend in the group of friends. The one that oh. was doing like pratfalls in the rolling. Doesn't he have like, yes. like a stupid hat? Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. I, I love that guy. He's selling every scene. I thought yeah. he was going to be in it more because of how much he was selling it. It's like, I'm the idiot. Like, I thought he'd be killed at some point. Yeah. Yes, he's the he guy didn't that die. He gets killed. Yeah, no, he's, he's just hanging out being a clown. Until he's still uh, clowning to this day. Of on-screen characters, this movie actually has a pretty low death count. Yeah, actually, because at the end, you see all of the bodies that have been killed thus far together, mm-hmm. and it's only like, what, six? Yeah, mm. and like, a lot of them aren't, like we don't we didn't know Christie's dad. We didn't know well, I mean it's kind of mm, tricky tricky, but his mom. Yeah. <laughs> right, I was like, right. what's going on with that? Um also, the only corpse that isn't a corpse. Yeah. Well, that was hilarious to me because every other corpse is like very conspicuously like breathing and like moving a little yes. bit. Like they're all like very bad at acting dead, except that one. That one I was like, yo, that one might be an actual corpse. And then she was alive. She was alive. I also loved the wedding cake. Like that fool got a like eight tier wedding cake. I want to know how he sold this to whatever wedding bakery he requested that cake from. <laughs> like, where did he go where he was just like, we don't want a tasting. I want eight tiers. I'm giving you no information about the mm. wedding itself other than I need it. And it's basically for me and six dead people. Because at the <laughs> beginning, I was like, what's the payoff of this crepe paper? What's this payoff yes. of this top hat? I'm yes. still wondering what the payoff of the prop gun that fires blanks was. <gasps> oh my god, that was like a classic Chekhov's gun, which didn't pay off! Yeah, and, like, <laughs> the, and it's never even explained why it was there. And it's, it's just not... like, it's blanks, you fool! <laughs> Seriously, like, when they discover that at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, someone's gonna get, like, accidentally killed by that thing. Yeah. yeah. No one is harmed by this gun. No one is told why he has a gun with blanks in it. Because I thought it might have come up where it's just like he used it to scare someone. And yeah. yeah. Right. Never. No, he just keeps a realistic prop gun full of blanks in a coffin in his dad's warehouse. The yeah. amount of funsies. threads started that aren't completed are so delicious. And I love that. The yes. fir- like Kelly brought it up earlier, but the first half is a different movie. The first half is just like these two teens, Scooby-Doo style, trying to figure out what they think is an occult, uh, like practice that's going to kill one of each of their parents so they can have an affair together. And then the second half of the movie, um, Bill Paxton is basically a sexy Herbert West that wants to embalm this girl to live with her forever. Um, and 
I think the embalming scenes get me pretty bad, even though like this isn't that gory of a movie, because it's just the idea of just a tube, like just a tube going into skin ugs me out in a way a lot of things don't like anything that's like here's a giant needle gets under my skin ha more than like any horror thing can well and the idea of like getting embalmed because his plan for christy is to embalm her while she is alive which is like the idea of like i think there's something very specific in this very like um uh this like specific niche of horror that like will really get me is when you are still cognizant, but your body is poison and there's like nothing you can do. Like you can't yeah. go back. Like yes. that King is very story. Scary. There was like a Tales from the Crypt episode. And then yeah. both of which I think were like adaptations of an older short story that I forget the, the author. But yeah, just where someone is paralyzed, but they're assumed dead and mm-hmm. an autopsy is performed on them. <gasps> and it's like from the narrator's perspective Stop. where like their ribs are being split or whatever. And they're just like still conscious and aware for a little while before dying as a result of the yeah, autopsy. Horrible. It's a it's a loose Lovecraft because they're all yeah. loosely inspired by like the Herbert West reanimator thing, mm. um, which is probably a lot of like what Paul and what he looks the way he looks came from. Yeah, but yeah. that Tales from the Crypt episode, um, it's famous for it because basically the camera perspective the entire time is is, is if you, the viewer, are the person that is immobilized and having the autopsy oh, performed scary. on you. So, like, yeah. when they operate on the guy's head, like, the blood comes down on the camera. Like, it's, it's your eyes. Uh, that episode fucks me up. It's a great episode. Because it's basically jacked, sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah, scary. Ugh. So cool. good. <laughs> Big fan. Um, really loved Mortuary. Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah, because thanks for watching it, guys. I, I had never seen it, and I'm, I'm so grateful. I feel like that was a... I, I always uh, am, am telling Vanessa, like, my, my only goal or intent with the podcast is that, like, hopefully at some point we recommend a movie that someone hasn't seen, they watch it, and they're like, that was tight. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's all I ever want to be doing, is, like, exposing folks to cool movies that they might not have watched otherwise. And really this tight. time we got the, the inverse of that, where it was a rad horror movie that I hadn't seen, and I, I got to discover it because of the podcast, and that's so exciting. Aww, that's so fun. Can I, can I just do a, like, minor, like, you guys should watch uh, Mausoleum. I get mm-hmm. the names mixed up. Just watch it. And keep in your mind that the main characters are supposed to be 20. Just keep that in your heart. <gasps> that they're supposed to be 20 years old. Just keep let's, it in your heart. Let's do this as a watch tonight because I am obsessed with that kind of thing. Where mm-hmm. it's very much just like, oh, you have the audacity to tell me this 40-year-old is a teenager. It's like it. on her 20th birthday, she gets possessed by a demon. And then Ooh. we, I literally thought I was watching the wrong movie. Because <laughs> it cuts to her at 20. And I was like. And I rewound it and I was like, did I miss something? Who is this woman? Just watch it. It's very, it's very. And maybe, it's maybe we'll do a, another episode where we pair something with mausoleum. Where something's supposed to be young people and it's just <laughs> clearly people aging towards menopause. <laughs> I do have a really important question for the two of you because it's mm. something that was on my mind and I don't know if it was clarified in the movie, but, and I know I texted Kelly about this. Did Paul come in his pants when he killed Christie's mom a hundred percent yes a thousand percent I think he came in his pants every time he killed someone like that was just his thing yeah Yeah. and then for the rest of the rest of that sequence he's just just got a wet stain on the front of his pants it's just like cooling it's just getting colder and 
Yeah, and Stickier, he just walks around just smelling like unpleasant. pancake batter. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it smelled more like bleach, but I'm going to, uh, I think pancake batter is the more pleasant memory to leave people listening at home <laughs> with uh, what uh, what a whole ass oyster smells like when you're running around killing a lady. Uh, He's busy, though. He doesn't have time to change very frequently. No, no he really doesn't. It's just It's just cooking in there. He's got to cram that cro- trocar into a bunch of ladies oh, until he gets the one that he wants. And also, literally the only reason I know what a trocar is, um, originally I thought it was because I used to watch this show called Oddities, where they'd like go to an oddity shop, and there's a lady who's a mortician who had a dog named Trocar, and she explained it was like the thing mm. that you use to clear off stuff. But then I realized it's because an ex-boyfriend of mine that I ran into a few years back became a mortician. Um. Uh, he used to be a professional paintball player there's like leagues like there's like leagues like the way they're like esport leagues sponsored yeah he's like sponsored and everything and then he like had some life difficulties and gave up paintball to become a mortician was his name paul (laughs) i mean he had paul energy did he occasionally bobble his head around when he ran a little bit. Oh, little can bit. we do like, can we just really quick congratulate Bill Paxton on his music conducting scene? Oh my God. The music yes. conducting scene where he's in a room of people not moving, but he is giving it everything. Just utter commitment. And also in that scene, he, the music stops when he cuts it, despite yeah. being like on a little stereo that he's I playing know. from. Like he somehow does conduct it. So then I was like, oh, the music's diegetic? Like, I did right, not no, understand. I, I didn't understand. It's so good. Really yeah. good. Truly, shout out to Paul for conducting that scene. And shout out to Christine for not, Christy, for not opening one door. One no. door. <laughs> she couldn't open any door that she touched. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. And then she would manage to open it, which implied that there was nothing wrong with it. She mm-hmm. just cannot figure just out with it for a, while. a handle in any direction. Mm-hmm. Truly, just like chef's kiss to that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we have to ask, Elijah, because you're essentially the one that usually gives like the martial arts pairing. Occasionally, I have a few because once again, I am a Jackie Chan bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a tough one because again, many choices made in many different directions. Yeah, there were... There were a lot of threads that I considered pulling at. Like, there's some uh, martial arts films that more closely resemble, like, a slasher movie structure. But this doesn't necessarily follow slasher structure (laughs) for, like, the first act and a half. Uh, I considered maybe, like, kind of tying something to, like, the supernatural, like, seance-y, like, occult element. But again, that's more of a mislead. Uh, So, ultimately, I I kind of uh, latched onto... a couple of disparate themes uh, for my uh, feature presentation pick. Music cue. Yeah, it goes there. A diagram pole fighter. Hey. <laughs> uh, Kelly, uh, what did you think of the film? I liked it. I thought That's it was cool. I thought, okay, first of all, here are a couple of things that I noticed. One, I felt, I, I don't know if this, you, I don't know if you meant this, but um, I felt like there was a parallel between like the choice, acting choices of Bill Paxton and the acting choices of Seventh Brother? Sixth Brother, yes. Sixth Brother, the one, yeah, the one who's who, like, like driven mad by grief. Yes, yes. That was, you know, he, he was seventh, right? Because it was like eight, 
or oh no no you're right seven leave six yeah return. six okay. returns yeah. yeah 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 six brother his his acting choices i was like oh this is like bill paxton situation yeah no that was that was exactly like one of the one of the big uh parallels for me was yeah the them both giving this really like manic and like just gleefully insane performance yes uh, 10 out of 10 yes. i also was noticing the um so like you know how everybody's getting stabbed left and right with the trocar yeah and in this there was like a lot of stabbing with poles like yeah okay cool <laughs> when, there's a, when uh when paul kills his dad and like impales him with the trocar there's mm-hmm. like an impale scene where it like comes out the guy's back in a mm-hmm. eight diagram pole fighter and i was like yes that's the same scene yeah uh, yeah so many people were getting stabbed yeah in- uh, in eight diagram pole fighter, I think it had a much higher body count than Mortuary Absolutely. by like a lot, like in the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> like the enti- entire bloodlines were gone. Like the, it was <laughs> wiped out entire generations. Of yes, families. like it was gorier in a way that upset me more too. Because like I hadn't sat, I'd seen Elijah watching the movie, but I hadn't like sat down and watched it with him. And like again. Needle stuff gets me really bad. But there were scenes in 8 Diagram Pearl Fighter that truly fucked me up. Like, anything that had to do with the removing of someone's teeth in battle. (laughs) Kelly, did you also lose your shit over this? Okay, first of all, that was another thing which, like, 8 Diagram Pearl Fighter kind of has a similar thing of, like, these are different movies. Because, like, the first... Okay, everything but the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie involves no removal of teeth. And then in the last 15 minutes, the, like, scores of men have their teeth removed. But in a way that's, like, because a pole goes in their mouth so hard that their teeth get embedded in the pole. And then the pole gets pulled out and it pulls their teeth out. It's or so someone's horrific. head. Or the head, head one was disgusting. It was truly disgusting. <laughs> Headbutting the dude, and then they're both lying on the floor screaming because one has all his teeth ripped out, and the other has that man's teeth embedded in his scalp. <laughs> it's the most horrifying thing. Like the the graphic violence in Pole Fighter is genuinely more upsetting than many horror films. Yeah, and it's got that bright red like Dario Argento blood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that red. Uh, no, it's uh, those. Those definitely the uh, the Bill Paxton performance and the Sixth Brother uh, were like a big kind of parallel thread. They both uh, have a, a climax in a room full of coffins. Uh, <gasps> coffin yes. Yeah. Uh, but the the main kind of uh, overarching thread, the more like thematic link, is that they're both films about uh, the different ways that people are affected by loss. Uh, Brother Six, oh. who's like driven mad by you know by loss. Brother Five, who becomes, like, obsessively fixated on finding the man who killed his father, which is also what Christy does. Uh. Mm-hmm. So I think there's kind of a parallel between Brothers Five and Six and Christy and Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, there's, you know, you have the sort of seance group of people trying to, like, contact their dead loved ones. And, yeah, I, I feel like both films just take a look at, you know, uh, different, really, like, overblown and melodramatic responses to the death of a loved one. Uh, and one does it with a masked killer and the other does it with uh, Shaolin monks removing people's teeth. <laughs> yeah. I also, this might be, I mean, so this is probably a little different, but I was also noticing a, so like, you know how in Mortuary, like the first part of the movie, you don't even really meet who the movie's about, which is Christy until yeah. like pretty far in. 
and then yeah. I was noticing in um uh in eight what is it eight diagram pole fighter eight diagram pole fighter that um the moment that we meet like we kind of meet the sisters but then we we don't really know how big of a part they're going to play until Mm -hmm. like halfway through the movie um sister the eighth one eight yeah she's like oh guess what also like this movie is like a lot about me as well and i was like oh that's like pretty similar to christy's like entrance into into mortuary it's like a pretty late entrance I was obsessed with her choreography. Eighth Sister's choreography. Like, everyone had really good choreo. Like, Gordon Liu, of course, is amazing. And, like, I really loved a lot of those scenes. But Eighth Sister had, like, a fluidity to her where she's also acting in her face the whole time. Like, she's very controlled in her movements. And, like, you can tell that she's holding back a little bit more than everyone else because she has so much, like, confidence in her handling of the situations. So that when she does break and she is angry, it's more impactful. Like, I loved everyone in this, but Eighth Sister was, like, the star of the show for me for sure for sure like the way she would just like kick someone from behind while just working on someone in the front i she i love her i love her i want to see every single like shaw brothers kung fu movie that woman is in i'm obsessed with her now also marathon it'll be good she like does a lot of like hiding in gross places to get to other places like she hides in a coffin she hides in like some stinky onions or cabbage or something she's she's hiding in that yeah, like yeah. 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 But I really liked it. I thought I, it was um, a really beautiful too. Like all their sets were like so stunning. Yes. I love the the sets and like the costuming in that. They're just just a really gorgeous film visually. And like, you know, obviously like the choreography is, you know, all like huge spectacle. But yeah, I, I love that last set piece with the like pyramid of coffins because what an insane mm-hmm. thing to like conceive of and choreograph to be like, yeah, the finale they're going to build this tower of coffins with men hiding inside. And the fact that it's not just like, oh, they jump out and it's like a fun visual, but they're actually like fighting on and off the tower. Like dudes continue popping out of it while trapping him with the lids of the coffin. It's just such a like ridiculous set piece. And even like some of the, uh, some of the choreography with like the wolf dummies that they use for training mm-hmm. at the end when they bring the wolf in. And are I could of, like, not believe they brought that wolf. I was like, you guys brought this wolf <laughs> to fight. <laughs> I they fucking carried it. it all the way there. Yeah, and the way they, they swing they it around. Shown up earlier if they didn't have to bring the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Could not believe it. Not like, believe is it. one of the puppets on the Lion King stage show? Yeah. <laughs> I also, I I really love the uh, the outrageous premise that the monks are like, oh, we don't kill wolves. We train to break out all of their teeth so they can't eat. Because that's more humane than killing them. Mm, that sounds like a Batman, I don't kill people wolf. thing. That's a 100% a dead wolf. That's like right. when ba- Batman's like, <laughs> I don't kill people. And then he like kicks someone in the neck. And you're like, well, <laughs> they're going to die in yeah. the hospital. You're like, like that dude's never going to walk again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going to die a week later, Bruce. Yeah, like you still murder them. That wolf is going to die in the woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. 100%. It's still a dead wolf. Mm-hmm. There's so many lessons in Eight Diagram Pole Fighter that are like immediately disregarded. Like the whole thing about like the wolf thing, which again is stupid. That's still a dead wolf. But mm-hmm. then he like, they have that great scene where he like creates the yin yang on the floor and they have that like fight where the other monk like gives him his robes and it's like, you're officially a monk now. And he's like, yes, I've learned. I, I'm not going to kill. And then the first thing he does in the next scene, 
is impale three guys with bamboo through the center of their bodies. Just immediately. He's like, I found inner peace. I'm no longer obsessed with vengeance. And then he's like, no, I'm going to kill the fuck out of everyone in this room. Dude, I I loved the, like, Mongol uh, weapon of, like, a nunchuck thingy. On the oh, end the of the bendy stick? straw. The bendy straw. I was like, that's interesting. Elijah, you said that wasn't actually a weapon that was just like made for I, the movie, right? Yeah, as far as I'm aware, that's not a thing that's actually been used by anyone ever, but was just like a thing they designed for the movie to kind of create the spectacle of like, oh, these these spear fighters are like crippled by this thing that can, you know, wrap up their spears, and so the only way for him to overcome it is to take the blade off of his spear and fight with a like you know, non-lethal, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, weapon. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that that's a real weapon that's ever been used, but it's so cool. It's such a, like, fun visual thing, and I, I love some of the choreography with it when they, like, wrap up the different limbs and will, like, lift yeah. someone up in the air by, like, one wrist and one ankle. It's it's real fun. Yeah. So I have to ask the question to the both of you, to everyone here. Do we think this double feature worked? Would we go see it? I would go see it. I, th- I thought it worked. Like when I watched nice. when I watched I was, the kung fu mo- or yeah when I watched the kung fu movie, I was like, oh, um, I I can see why. Like it wasn't just like okay. Like I could see why it was paired with this movie <laughs> with, with Mortuary. Elijah was having a slight conniption where he was just like, do they match? And I was just like, they do. I'm seeing it as well. And I'm a big dummy and I never see uh, themes that run through. I just watched Tenet and I don't know what happened. Girl, no, that wasn't you. That was that movie. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Can we make this about Tenet for a second? (laughs) I just need to hate on Tenet for a second. Let me tell you something. First of all, that dialogue, I would never have any character say, if I can't have you, nobody will. Excuse me? Wait, does someone actually say that Babe, yes. someone actually says I haven't it. seen Tenet someone well, uses this line yes it's imagine, like the core imagine writing that line of dialogue in 2020 it's, like, it's the core like thesis that. of the villain if I can't have you nobody will I'm like wow. no no dog I think that does he then like twirl his mustache and cackle and like I mean, t- tip his villain top hat Kelly what's very his close accent? very close it I, I'm gonna just you know He's what Russian. It's hard to make oh. something, so that's what that's what I'm gonna say about that. Good on you for making something. Okay, that's that's what I say about that. That's Tenet. true. That's fair. But spoil it, spoil it, and talk about Tenet. I want to hear, I want to hear this because I, I am actively not a Christopher Nolan fan, which is why I haven't seen it yet. And I'm always so giddy when someone else is down to be like, yeah, that Christopher Nolan movie wasn't very good. <laughs> Here's the thing: I thought Memento me. was okay because it wasn't. Mm. I thought Memento was good. Yeah, because it, it wasn't sloppy. This, <laughs> I thought, I thought, yeah. This, okay. Here's what I think. Christopher Nolan, I think, was like, uh, wouldn't it? Be, you know what it read like, it, or watched like, um, like you know how in seventh grade they have like creative writing competitions, and you have to like, they're like, describe a world in which one thing is different. And Christopher Nolan was like, mm, if fighting was backwards. So then he was like really obsessed with just shooting. <laughs> backwards fighting scenes and then like because at the core of the movie right is like we've destroyed so you don't care about spoilers right no no go for it okay so we've destroyed the world so much i guess skip forward if you don't want spoilers we've destroyed the world so much that the future us 
has decided you can't undo things. You have to go back and like destroy people that will destroy the world. You have to destroy humanity, basically. Um, which fine. Yeah. So it's time a is fine inverted. thesis. Except the fucking dialogue. The okay. The girl characters are a mom, a a a crone, and that's what they <laughs> do. And the mom is a mom. Oh, and no. so she keeps like they keep being like the world's going to end. And she's like, and my son along with it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, your son. Yes, y- your son is going to die along with the whole world. But like also the whole world is going to end. Like it just is everyone's priorities are bad. And like it's just I I I was very angry during the whole movie. I'll I don't. I was angry. Honestly, I'm actually kind of living for this because um, <laughs> when I saw it, like it was a lot of people being like, well, if you just watch it over and over again, maybe you'll find like all of the math pieces to make it make sense. And I'm like, even if it makes sense, it doesn't make the dialogue not what it was. Because exactly. the dialogue very much felt like it felt like Christopher Nolan being like, I could be funny, too. Except instead, yes. it was a lot of like <laughs> someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed type quips. Yeah. No, seriously. Uh, seriously. And the. It really was because they were like common phrases, like common like sitcom phrases for like, ha ha ha, you got to buy me dinner first when somebody was getting pat down. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh like my what God. most people say no, in the uh, airport. Okay, Elijah, do you know what they actually fucking say at the end of the movie? <laughs> so at the end of the movie, um, our paths is like, guess what? We've been friends forever because I met you. I'm from the future or something like I met you when you came in the past and like all this stuff like, right. Whatever. We I knew you and like. <laughs> Uh, the first time that you met me was like actually the fifth time that I met you or whatever. Okay. And then the main character guy is like, so you're saying that this is the end of a beautiful friendship. And he's like, I'm saying it's just the beginning. And then he walked away. No. No. And I literally was like, what? the actual dialogue? Yeah. It really that is felt. parody dialogue. Yeah, no, that I know. That is dialogue you write in a YouTube sketch making fun of a movie trailer. That yeah. is insane. And here's what, okay, it, here's, I'm going to try and say something nice about this movie, but it's going to be something really mean about Christopher Nolan. I think that he, in his head, had this whole idea and this whole world and like, wow, good for him. Like, you have this whole complex, like, rule system in your head. I don't think he has the skill set to portray that in a film like i'm sure it's there i'm sure it's on a corkboard somewhere but i didn't see the results i I mean i didn't see the you know i didn't see your work right so what i saw which i think is was backwards critique there was backwards explosions there was backwards time you couldn't tell what time was in within time there were a lot of moments where i'm like do i want to experience a scene or do i want to try and do the mental math that i need to know to understand what is currently happening in the scene but then a new element is going to be introduced and i'm going to be more confused i will say the nice thing a nice thing about tenant um other than halfway through the movie when i was like everyone keeps saying tenant i don't know what it is other than it's a palindrome (laughs) they keep going like this they keep like tenant. like gesturing fingers and they're like tenant and, and then, I'm like then I still like, don't know oh. mm-hmm. and I'm like this is still not giving me an explanation again other than tenant is a palindrome and it's the same going forwards and back oh, the soundtrack bar? is very good really That's, did you oh, just realize, realize it did you just realize that tenant is a palindrome so it goes forward and back <laughs> that's why when you like split it down the middle and you fold it like a sandwich like you go hot dog hamburger with it it's still tenant. 
<laughs> Kelly is frowning. <laughs> so this is what happened. He came up with backwards fighting and then he googled palindromes and picked something <laughs> for a title. He was like, I can't name it race car. Yeah. <laughs> or taco cat. <laughs> Honestly, if the movie was called Taco Cat, I would have 100% liked it more. Same. Okay, this this is a perfect uh, segue into just, like, my main criticism of Nolan's stuff, because, this like, Inception was the film where I jumped off, because I feel like every Nolan film treats the audience and treats itself as though it's a very, very intelligent film. Mm-hmm. It is so cerebral. It's high concept, and you'll never, like, unpack all of its, like, myriad layers but then the actual things that are happening are, like, not that difficult to, like, it's all pretty simple and straightforward things. It's, you know, it, it feels like someone who doesn't have the self-awareness to call their film Taco Cat when they're making a Taco Cat of a film. Yeah. Where it's like, you made a, like, with Inception, it's like, you made a fun heist movie. You had some mm. cool action set pieces and you made a fun heist movie. But the insistence to, like, stop and explain it every few minutes to be like, we know this is going over your head, so let me reiterate. When you're dreaming within yes. a dream, and I'm like, dude, it's it's not that, it's not as smart as you think that it is. Yeah. I think it's it's treating, well, it's saying, like, it's it's coming in with a pitch to be like, you're not going to get this, so let me explain it to you, because it's a little high concept, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's like, well, but, I mean, not real. what, you're saying that, like, also... It was just a little sloppy with the time travel rules. I'm just going to say that, but it's okay. It was, though. It was, though. If it was like, yo, this movie Taco Cat, because Taco Cat is a palindrome, Mm -hmm. it's about fights that are backwards and forwards because they're time travel fights. I'd be Mm -hmm. like, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do people get their teeth ripped out with cool fighting sticks? Because I'll watch that. I'll watch Taco Cat. That's the thing. It's like, it's like, just be the thing that you are 110% because like, right, like we all love Jason Statham because he is what he is and he doesn't, right? Because he's like, I'm just going to do my thing. I know what I'm good at and it's like these, you know, uh, uh, fucking that movie where where his heart's like, crank. Yeah, like he's He's like, I do crank. goes fast. Yeah, great. We're, and oh, and the Meg, which like I'm the only person in the world that likes the Meg, but I thought that movie was tight. <laughs> I actually did enjoy the Meg too. I went to go see it for a friend's birthday, and we were giggling so much that somebody called an usher to complain about us. <laughs> they were like, they keep laughing at this movie, and we're like, it's because it's funny. It's hilarious. But the yeah, the fact that somebody was like, we failed science today. That is a hilarious line. Yeah, we failed yeah. science. Uh, I, I think like the message for Christopher Nolan films is be more like Bill Paxton in Mausoleum. Yeah, no, not Mausoleum, Mortuary. Oh, mortuary. <laughs> I did the thing. You be did the thing. Be more like Bill Paxton in Mortuary. Yeah. Just just commit to being exactly what you are. Be earnest. And, and I think maybe- eight eight uh eight eight diagram. God, what is the name of this movie? Eight diagram pole fighter. <laughs> I think eight A diagram. Lot of these Shaw Brothers movies are very long. So long. <laughs> But Eight Diagram Pole Fighter, too, like, does the thing that it is. Like, everyone in that movie is giving 110%. Mm-hmm. They know what's happening. Without being, like, isn't... That's what it is, right? It's kind of that, like, as your... Uh, Christopher Nolan movies are, like, as he's telling you the story, he's kind of going, like, isn't this cool? <laughs> Which is, like... <laughs> Okay. It's true. Like, I cannot divorce that from the experience of watching the movie. I can feel the director nudging me and going, and that's tight. Didn't mm-hmm. you think that was tight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's terrible. And I'm just like, I like the plane thing, and the music is cool, and I like Robert Pattinson and literally anything, but like, man. Yeah. 
Why do you have to give me 30 minutes of setup for, like, at least kung fu movies, like, give you 30 minutes of setup to a fight, and then you get the fight, but, like, the setup is mostly just, like, some people going back and forth. A lot of the stuff in Tenet was, like, here's 30 minutes of rule explanation so that you can watch a two-minute fight, that if I just told you what the fight was going to be, you would still find it cool. Yeah. Yeah, see, no, I want 30 minutes of training for a 20-minute fight scene. Yes. (laughs) That's that's the ratio that I want. Yes. They know what to give us. Also, so, a man straight up dry shaving his scalp. Yes. <gasps> I love that scene. It's so brutal. When he fucking burns himself with the incense, and he doesn't need to go that hard. No. But he's, like, burning himself down to the skull. It is, it's so good. Um, Every Gordon Liu movie is just the road to making him bald again. <laughs> it's Dude, the way he should be. I thought that he was brother six for a long time. <laughs> Because his actions seemed really unhinged when he was yeah. like screaming at them to make him a monk. I was like, you need to calm down, Brother Six. I know you <laughs> lost your family. But then Brother Six comes in with full hair. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it was not Brother Six. No, it's just two, two dudes who do not deal with rejection or yeah. loss very well. Yeah. Like, no, no, you can't be a monk with that attitude. And he's like, I will force my way in here violently. They're like, that, that, no, that's the attitude. That's what we're saying. I know. He's like screaming at them. He's like, let me be Buddhist. (laughs) I swear to God, I can be peaceful. He literally threatens to burn the temple down and he's like, I can change. And if you don't let me change, I will burn the temple down. Also, he didn't follow through on that because he was like, if you don't help me shave, I'm going to burn down the temple. No one helps me shave. And he's like, well, I'm tired after shaving my head. He's like, it was a lot of talk. Let's be real. (laughs) That was a lot for him. So what do we think is the official movie snack pairing? of uh, Mortuary and Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. Mm. I'm going to say, I'm going to pitch Pocky as the official snack (gasps) for Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. (laughs) And possibly the Trocar as well. Maybe it's just one snack. I think it's, I think it's, here's what happens. You order a Pocky and then Mm. they give you Pocky, but then they also give you like some sloppy ass nachos. (laughs) <laughs> nice. I love it. It's like it's like kind of too grossy. Right, but, but they were anyway. free. It was like a like a yeah. a miss ring kind of thing where you're like, oh, I didn't order these, and they're like, oh, I think, oh, sorry, I just threw it on the check. It's cool. You you won't be charged for it. Exactly. And you're like, oh, tight, free nachos. So you eat them, but like you feel a little bad about it later. Yeah. Yeah. All right, official kicking and screaming snack, as recommended by Kelly Nugent for Mortuary and Eight Diagram Pole Fighter, Pocky, and sloppy ass nachos. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here and for your recommendation. Once again, it's always such a treat to have you around. I adore you. Oh, I adore you too. And it was so nice to meet you, Elijah. Yeah, it was really great. I hope that we can uh, meet outside of a podcast context eventually. Uh, Yeah, for sure. But this was wonderful as well. This was so much fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Again, always great. Now, Kelly, where can the people find you? Ah. On everything at Kelly Nugie, K E L L Y N U G E E. I'm also streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Kelly Nugie. Um, you can check out any of my podcasts, Teen Creeps, and my newest one, Exile, which is a narrative horror podcast. And you really broke your foot off in that one. I can't, again, everyone listening, obviously we have horror fans in the audience because this is a half horror podcast. Uh, (laughs) Exile is fantastic. Kelly is so good at creating tension and it very much has her mark all over it. I cannot recommend Exile enough. Um, Thank you so much. uh, Yeah. Thank you. 
it took a lot of like it, it was kind of uh cathartic but also like a little traumatic to write it so like i hope i hope oh, people wow. uh, listen to it otherwise i suffered for nothing <laughs> I, uh, I feel like i have a long history of doing that of accidentally putting like more of myself into a piece of writing than i intended to and uh like i i was writing like comedy articles at one point and it was a, a mother's day article and i wrote gift ideas for your dead mom oh <laughs> accidentally wrote this like really introspective <laughs> and upsetting like journal entry that i then read back and was like i don't know if i remembered to put jokes in this <laughs> It was uh, the the only thing that I've ever written that was like published, and I was later it was later mentioned to me by my therapist. They were like, "Hey, so I read this article that you wrote, and I kind of want to talk about it." Oh my god! <laughs> and I, I love the, like writing a comedy article that gets you confronted by your therapist is something Paul would do. So that's a really good energy, babe. Wow, really good, really good energy. Yeah, that's some serious like hot Paul energy. So hell yeah, oh, thanks, hell yeah. <laughs> But I, I definitely want to listen to this podcast because it, it sounds great. This and is an Vanessa household. has like raved about it, so I, um, I'm going to listen to it right after this, actually. Oh, hell yeah. That's so my plan. So yeah. you can find me on, at Ness Gritton on all forms of social media uh, and also twitch.tv slash Ness And I feel like maybe something else, but I don't remember any of it right now. Uh, Elijah, where can the people find you? They'll never find me. <laughs> or on Twitter. At Elijah underscore pizza. And you can find the podcast under Kickscream Pod on all forms of social media. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We're a new baby podcast, so we can definitely use that boost. And also let us know if you like the movie pairing, if there's maybe something else that you would have paired with Mortuary. Both of these are available for streaming. And if you can't find any movie that we have for streaming, let us know. We're very good at figuring out where they are. And any of the many, many, it's basically just cable now streaming services that exist. And as always, we deeply encourage you to support drive-ins support your local indie movie theaters by buying gift cards merch whatever it may be to keep them afloat and uh we love you thank you for listening bye thank you but wait the show's not over i know we both just said bye but as a fun extra little freebie our amazing producer sam we love you sam we love you sam uh suggested that we take some of the comments y'all have left on a few different episodes whether it be on twitter or instagram and also we now have a discord feel free to hit us up on any of our social medias for that specific link but that we should read some of your comments because we love hearing from you please engage with us more please engage with us we're very lonely we're so lonely it's just us and three cats that want our attention all the time uh but legitimately i love hearing if there's movies you guys would have rather picked i love hearing if you liked something if there's a fight scene you like or a great stabbing we always want to hear it please talk to me about fight scenes i need more people to talk to about fight scenes actually he legitimately does because there's a lot i don't understand so it's a lot of me nodding and going that does sound cool babe but i don't really know how cool Oh, gosh. All right. So let's get right into it. So first comment up is from at John Musselman on Twitter with eight diagram is so good. It is so good. Eight diagram is so good. I feel like well, you didn't you didn't put enough oomph into that because that so has a lot of O's. And so I feel like you got to read it like eight diagram is so good. <laughs> 
You know what? You're right. It's that good. It's that good. That's how I should have read it. Um, yeah, this was my first watch through with you, and I really, really loved it. Um, our next comic write up, our next comment write up. Oh my god, I just wanted to open my coasting. I, like I just had a flashback. Like it's my Vietnam. Uh, oh, that never again. Anyways. Uh, our next comment up uh, is actually about episode two in which I matched Halloween 2 to Master of the Flying Guillotine. And Elijah and I freaked out because there's a lot about Brent, Ben Tramer, who I forgot, even though I've seen both movies a million times, is the guy Laurie expressed interest in in the first movie. Yeah, I think he's just forever remembered as the guy who dressed like Michael Myers for then, some reason and then died horribly. Exploded into yeah. flames. But this comment is from Eric W. Wilson uh, on Twitter with I once, many moons ago, had a friend describe my ubiquitous bad luck as your Ben Tramer, dude, quietly unaware that the cute girl likes you, picking entirely the wrong costume, nearly miss being taken out by a crazy doctor, and then die in a fiery car crash anyway. With Eric responding, yeah, okay, fair. Which, honestly, I feel that. That's some that's some 2020 luck right there. That's, yeah. That's this year. That's Ben Tramer is all of us. Ben Tramer is all of us. Ben Tramer is 2020, and if we can get that started as a hashtag, that'll be the best thing I've ever done on Earth. <laughs> all right, and then next up... Uh, we have from the Petty Cake Man at Madness3030. Um, also, he has an incredible podcast. Give a listen. At Kickscreen Pod, finally listened to the inaugural episode, and y'all are the perfect combination. Movie choices were awesome, and the conversation is saccharine sweet. I love it. Aww. We are saccharine sweet. <laughs> also, I went to go swipe to another comment, and for some reason, it was just a screenshot of a composting place in Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's that's it. We got three fans, and we are fans of a composting place in Virginia. Composting is important, babe. Composting is important. No, you're right. I don't disagree. Well, if you disagree, like Elijah, that composting is important. Composting is important. Please, again, let us know. We will read it on air, uh, and let us know if it's private. Because again, I'll read it on air like a huge dumbass. So if any of this was private information, sorry. All right, now here's the for real. Bye. Bye. Bye.